There's a lot of hollering about election fraud out there right now. So I thought, hmm, why not talk to someone who's actually been working in the trenches running elections for decades? Meet Joanne Cram, city clerk for Toma, Wisconsin, for 25 years. So I asked her, what do you think about all this talk about voter fraud? It would be extremely difficult in Wisconsin with our statewide voter system and all the checks and balances we have. Someone may vote twice, but we will catch it. And those people would be referred to the district attorney for charges for voter fraud. Wisconsin election software integrates the vital statistics, the Department of Transportation, the Postal Service information. So a lot of things are tracked and verified in, in Wisconsin. You know, I personally work very hard to make sure everything is transparent and done according to the procedures established. And it's not just Duane Cram doing this. Well, in Wisconsin, we have 1,850 municipalities that handle the elections, and we have a very extensive manual that lays everything out. I'm Kate Rice with Monroe County Matters. So Joanne and her successor, Becky Weyer, Joanne is retiring at the end of this year. More about that in a bit. Very kindly took some time during what is their busiest time of year to walk me through the election process. And to all of those doubters out there, I'd like to say, I wouldn't underestimate Joanne, Becky, and all those other city, village, and township clerks running elections. I know you guys must be crazy busy. I'll start out with is just a very brief description of what the city clerk does. It varies from municipality to municipality, but in Toma, um, the city clerk is responsible for all the licensing. So we have taxi cab, taxi driver, weights and measures, farmer's market, alcohol licensing, cigarette licensing, all of the licensing. And we do the insurances for the city, so general liability, the workers' comp, all of that is handled through our office. We do all the HR work for the city employees. We work with the health insurance, employee employee benefits, personnel manual. We're part of the union negotiation team for the police, and now we have an ambulance union as well. All the council meetings and the committee of the whole meetings where uh, we do the long-range plan meeting and we work very closely with the city administrator and the mayor as well and the council we handle the elections yeah yes yeah i mean <laughs> we're like wow so speaking of wow how are you preparing for the november 3rd election and how much of it is what you normally do and what's different? Well, COVID has definitely added an extra piece to the way we do things. Most of our workers are already ready to go, and we've got uh, supplies. We ordered sanitizers for the voters to come in. We're doing pencils for everyone that, that comes in. We'll have their own pencil, and instead of everybody signing on the whole book, we use little labels, and each one signs their own little label. I have special cleaning people coming this time. We're already working on signs. We've been working on absentee ballots for weeks now. Um, and a week after the next, we'll start with the absentee voting in the office. So between the computer, um, every day, there's probably 20 to 30 emails that we get from the state as people go online and either register or ask for absentee ballots. We process those every day. We have to have those out within 24 hours of receiving them. Yeah, we're up to 1,250 absentee ballots right now for the, for November. Uh, in 20, 2016, we had 871, and that's typically the biggest turnout in a four-year period. Right. 
So you're prepping for all the extra sanitizing work and equipment. You are processing all the absentee ballot requests that you're getting with a 24-hour turnaround. You're also prepping for the in-office absentee voting where you come in and vote and just give your ballot to, to the clerk. How does that work? Right. So they come in and they show us their photo ID, fill out the application, and then we give them the, the ballot. We'll have booths set up so they can go right to the voting booth and fill out their ballot. They seal it in the envelope, sign their name on, on the outer envelope. We witness it, and then we keep it in the vault until Election Day. What, what day does that start? October 20th, and it goes through the 30th. Okay, cool. Good for people to know. Do you have any sense of how many people are actually going to show up and vote? Well, we've been getting a lot of calls. We've already got 25% uh, ballots issued of our registered voters. So... Meaning, I ordered, I, yeah, I ordered 100%. So we have like 4,300 registered voters in the city. So typically, you get close to 4,000 by the end of the day. Okay. Said, so you know. think you'll probably get 4,299 yeah. voters? <laughs> <laughs> well, it'll be right around 4,000, I would bet. So, but so that's but that sounds like that's the typical turnout on a presidential. So it sounds like Toma actually has a very engaged electorate, even on when there's not COVID and everything else going on for presidential elections. For presidential elections, that's correct. Yeah. Okay. Now, what happened with the April 7th election and then the August primary? How did those work for you? Well, it must have been insane for you in April because it was on again, off again. Any lessons learned from those two elections in preparing for this one? I would say yes, definitely. April definitely was probably the most challenging election that I've had in 25 years. Number one, we were not prepared for the onslaught of absentee ballot requests that we got. So we had to order additional, number one, we had to order additional ballots and then we had to order, I didn't have enough envelopes posted. When you plan for an election, you look back at the last, at least I do, I look back at the last couple of years and kind of gauge the turnout and the number of ballots and, and items that you're going to need. And the absentee ballots were, we had over 1,200 absentee ballot requests in April. Okay. Um, with COVID going on at the same time, it was, it was pretty, I think my deputy and I worked 20 hours of overtime three weeks in a row right before the election. <laughs> it was, it was very intense and we were extremely busy and if they weren't at the counter they were on the phone and if they weren't on the phone they were sending emails so we were very helpful to all the citizens because they had a lot of questions as well and we tried to keep everything you know at at that point some of the um, local businesses weren't open to the public but we Mm -hmm. we were open all we we never we did close for a short period of time but when in-person voting happened we were open all day pretty much every day and we were we were quite busy but we had, you know, we were cleaning constantly and we, we took all the safety measures and people were very appreciative of, of the way we've handled April and August so far with, with our cleaning and keeping. We had some barriers built so that the poll workers had a, a barrier between them and the voter. And then did you have, did people space out when they came in to vote? Yes, we had greeters at the door and they asked the questions and then everybody had the wash their hands as they came in. We had hand sanitizers for all of the workers, plus the barriers, and they were provided with masks. And the emergency management people gave us some shields, some face shields mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. our workers as well. So overall, it went very well once they finally decided it was going to happen. <laughs> I planned my training that day. Yeah, I planned my training that day in the afternoon, the day before 
you know, and all my poll workers were set to go. And then every day for the probably three weeks before I'd get a call probably from one a day or one every other day saying, I, I just can't do it, you know, because of their age or, oh, right. or family affiliations that, you know, had people that were susceptible to things, you know, and I totally understand. But so we oh were, gosh. we were training out of 25 people. I think I had nine that had actually worked an election before. <laughs> Wow. So, yeah, it was pretty nerve-wracking. And then I thought I was pretty safe having the training the Monday afternoon before, but they were still changing things at that point. And we still didn't know if the election was going to happen. I think it was that evening when they finally decided that it was a go. Yeah, it was insane. I can't imagine what it was like for you with the August primary. We were more prepared in August for the absentee request, and I had ordered extra envelopes. That was a problem, too, because the envelope place that we usually get our, our election envelopes had closed because of COVID, so they weren't, uh. <laughs> they weren't producing anything. So luckily, our local printer was able to get the right size envelopes and print us, print us some up so that we had some enough to send out for, the, for August. Right. Wow. So you're taking all those lessons that you've learned for next month. Do you have more poll workers now than you usually would? Typically in November for a presidential election, we're, we're full staffed because it's a very busy day. You get all kinds of different things. You know, people people live in the township and they come and think they can vote by you. And, and it just takes a lot of extra people that day. Plus, when you have to process, well, we're, we already have over 1,200 absentee ballots. So when you have right. to process them, it takes extra people. So we have over 30 scheduled at this point. Um, okay. And we're very fortunate because we have even ex-people yeah. that, that have volunteered to help in case it happens that people start dropping out. How does the v- ballot counting work? You don't start open counting any ballots until election day, right? So, and do you keep the ballots? I mean, as, as you receive, as the, as the absentee ballots arrive in your office, do they stay in your office? Do they go someplace else? How does, just, how does that part work? So once we receive them back, we have an absentee log, and they're logged in, and they're logged in also into WISVOTE so that we make sure we have the, the number in our logs matches the physical number of ballots that we have. We store them in our vault. We make sure that all the signatures and the envelopes are properly witnessed so that they're able to open them on Election Day. If they, if they come back without the proper signatures, then we try calling or sending an email or send a letter if we don't have any contact information, but we make every effort to make sure that all the ballots are counted. We separate them by, we're gonna have three machines at this election, so we separate them by wards, and then we keep track of them that way. And then, do you start counting the absentee ballots as soon as the polls open, or, or how does that work? I have extra people scheduled that will just be opening the absentee ballots and processing them as they open them. They'll start one machine at a time and then just keep going. And it will probably take them two-thirds of the day to get through them all. And when you say process it, what do you do? You slip the ballot into the machine and the machine counts and logs it? Yeah. They have to make sure that the envelopes are properly witnessed and that, that the order number is on the envelope as well as in the poll book and then that all the signatures are on the envelope and then they can open the ballot and then put it through the machine. Cool. And then you hang on to the ballots just in case there's a recount? Oh, certainly. Yes. Yeah. The, the okay. ballots are going to it. We have a blue, all of ours are, are optical scan. So we have a blue tub. They go into the machine and then they, they go down into a, a big tub and they're stored in that tub. At the end of the day, we put them in the ballot box and seal them. And then people who are coming in voting that day 
their votes just get logged immediately? Right. They check in to the, to, by the pool book, sign their name, show their photo ID. They're given a number and then they're given the ballot and then they vote and then it goes right into the machine. So when does your day end? Does it end at eight or is there still a lot of follow-up work? There's still a lot of follow-up. Hopefully the, the last number that each machine has matches the last number that was given to the last voter. Everything has to balance. Then the tallies are made. They have to go through all of the, if, the, if they vote for a write-in and they don't connect the arrow on our optical scan ballots, the write-in would still count, and we do have a registered write-in this time for uh, Monroe County Register of Deeds. We'll take all those 4,000 ballots and look at them. We'll pull them all out and look at them again and make sure that somebody didn't write a name in without connecting the arrow. Because if they connect the arrow and write in, it goes into a separate tub in the front of the of the blue tub. Uh-huh. Um, it separates them. But if they don't connect the arrow, it just goes into the back tub with the rest of them. So okay. we'll go through and make sure that there aren't any write-ins. And then they'll do the tally sheets, run the total sheets, and then you have to put everything away. And we have to contact the county clerk and news media. We'll probably be done hopefully by 10, 1030. Yeah. Okay. And then, so then you just kind con- you've got a list of news media, well, the county clerk, of course, and then news media, and you'd say, here's the vote tally for the city of Toma. Correct. And so- yeah, we have to track provisional ballots as well. So if someone doesn't have a driver's license number when they register, and that's the only piece that's missing when they register to vote, they can vote provisionally, or if they don't show their photo ID, but they have everything else good to go, they can vote provisionally. Um, but that's a whole new process. And then those, they have until the Friday after to provide that. And those ballots are, are stored in a separate blue envelope in, a, in another blue envelope and logged in about four places and okay. secured until the, they bring their items in. We'll have to call the, usually it's the chief inspectors would come back in do the canvas Who's the chief inspector? Is that someone from the city of Toma or the county? The city of Toma poll workers. That, that the chief inspectors are, are the certified chief inspectors are people that have attended six hours of training and then they have to do six hours every two years. So okay. they're, they're pretty much the ones that are in charge out, out there on election day. Okay. It sounds super dramatic. I'm just waiting for the movie City Clerk. Because... <laughs> because <laughs> I'd like I'm to just, see that. <laughs> I'm just we're, like, we're because, <laughs> because the drama, I mean, just think about who do you want to play you? You know, just think about that in the movie. And then the theme music, you know, as you tally the final votes, I'm, I'm getting shivers right now just thinking of it. But just because Monroe County is one of those bellwether counties, it voted for Obama and then Romney and then Trump. So how's it going to? flip this time. If I were the New York Times, I'd be here <laughs> watching what's happening. Well, I'm sure there's going to be observers too, because that's another oh. thing for this election. There typically is um, an observer or two that comes in yeah. and does uh, watch and, and see what's going on. So yeah, we right. try very, very hard to make sure everything is um, as it should be and uh, everything's open and transparent. There's a lot of talk up there about voter fraud. And when you hear that, what do you think since you're an election professional? Well, in Wisconsin, we have 1,850 municipalities that handle the elections and we have a very extensive manual that 
lays everything out as far as procedures, both for the poll workers and the clerks. It would be extremely difficult in Wisconsin with our statewide voter system and all the checks and balances we have to accomplish voter fraud. Someone may vote twice on election day, but we will catch it when we enter the votes in the, you know, the following days or uh, weeks after. And those people would be referred to the district attorney for charges for voter fraud. Uh, Wisconsin election software integrates the vital statistics, the Department of Transportation, the Postal Service information. So a lot of things are, are tracked and verified in, in Wisconsin. I personally work very hard to make sure Everything is transparent and done according to the procedures established. When you describe all the processes that you go through, it's clear. Thank you. Thank you so much for doing that work. However, voters are getting a flurry of calls and mailings about making sure that they're registered to vote. You want to talk a little bit about how that might be confusing and to clarify that for people. Right. There are various organizations sending out mailings. Some of the forms are correct and some aren't, but they all look like they're coming from us and they're not coming from us either. So if you've already asked for an absentee ballot and you know you're already registered and you get the mailing, you can either go on myvote.wi.gov and double check to make sure that everything is as it should be. But most of the time, we're finding when we get the calls for, from uh, citizens that are confused because they've already done it and then all they're getting the mailing, it's already in the process and they've, some of them already have their absentee ballots. So you can just throw that documentation away if you know that you are good to go for election day and that your absentee ballot is, is being properly processed. Great. And that website again, do you want to just give that URL for that website and just who, tell us who operates it? It's myvote, M-Y-V-O-T-E dot W-I dot gov. And that is administered through the Wisconsin Election Commission. You can go on there. You can see if you're registered. You can track your absentee ballot. So there, it's a multifaceted software that, that works wonderful. All you do is you type in your name and your date of birth and you pop right up. And I could see when I asked it for my absentee ballot when it was sent out and when they got it, so. Correct, and then we mark it when we get it back here. So you can, you can also know when the clerk enters it as, as being received in our system as well. Perfect, and again, I just wanna thank you so much for being a city clerk who just takes care of the people and makes sure that every election, not just the one that gets all the headlines, is done fair and square. That's our goal. Joanne really loves her job, which sadly, is not as common as it should be. She talked about why she loves it and why she's leaving. And her successor, Becky, talked about why she jumped at the chance to take over the position. And plus, you've been doing it for 25 years. I've loved it. You don't stay 25 years in one chair for if you don't like it. But every day yeah. is different. Every, you know, there's just such a variety. And I love the people. You know, love, love the work. It's multitasking is, is one of our... <laughs> we multitask a lot because the phones right. are ringing at the counter and there's 14 things going on at once but so you never fly by sure yeah and i love the people curious when did you decide to retire well, my family's been bugging me for a couple of years so i i did tell the city administrator last september when we were getting ready for the budget that this would probably be my last year so it was okay. before <laughs> it was before all of this. <laughs> i had decided before all of this i have three uh, three grandchildren in town that are very active and my husband was ending up going to a lot of the varsity games without me because I had meetings and, and couldn't go and I 
I was missing a lot. So you've served your community well. I figured it just sounded like you were organized and conscientious. So of course you would allow a lot of time for the turnover. I'm leaving December 11th. And now, so Becky, what do you think, Becky? Is this everything you expected or are you getting a little more excitement than you anticipated? Well, it's definitely a lot to learn. I mean, right now, and Joe tells me this all the time, but it is the very busiest that we'll ever see in a four-year period. Not to mention you throw COVID on top of it and all the different precautions we need to take and extra things we need to think about. So it's an interesting time to learn. But I mean, I, I just am really thankful that she's still here because I don't know that most clerks get that when they first start. Uh-huh. So I've got a by having her here and being able to draw off a lot of her knowledge. So it's, it's definitely a lot. I mean, she's understating how much she really does for the city, uh, you know, in, in a lot of different capacities. So there is a lot. It definitely is, but it's everything that I wanted it to be. It, like Joe said, the days just fly right by before you know it. It's five o'clock and you, <laughs> you know, every day and every day is different. And I really, really do enjoy the people. I get to see everyone, all the people and all all the different types and shapes and sizes of people that come through here and personalities and I really I do enjoy that a lot. Well, you're making the job sound pretty fun. Fun as it is. It really is. <laughs> it's something that I mean, you know, if someone stays in a job twenty five years, it's not a job that you really want to overlook when that position comes open and that's kinda of where my brain went when I saw that it was posted. I'm like, wow. You don't see that every day. I want to thank both of you for taking all this time to just tell me about your job and how you're preparing and what's going to happen for the election. And also, thank you for your service to the people. Thank you. So, city clerks, saviors of our democracy. Hmm. Unacknowledged, but there. This has been another By the Seat of My Pants production. Theme music by Peter Dan Lovitz.